Hello, friends, and welcome to Into the Word, a radio and online program committed to reading, loving, and living the whole counsel of God. Lord willing, our intention is to go verse by verse and chapter by chapter through the entire Bible. Here to continue that journey is our Bible teacher at Into the Word, Pastor Paul Carter. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. Hope you have your Bible open in front of you today to Genesis chapter 36. This is the third time so far in our journey through Genesis where we have found ourselves reading a chapter that is probably not on anyone's top 10 list in terms of favorite passages in the Bible. In fact, in many Bible reading plans, it is paired with the previous chapter, not because it is short, but because it is assumed that it is not sufficiently edifying to be offered as your sole spiritual meal of the day. Now, I think it is true that some chapters are more edifying than others. All chapters are equally inspired, but some chapters are more immediately helpful and encouraging than others. Nevertheless, these sorts of chapters are useful. When we went through one of these sorts of chapters back in chapter 10, I told you about an article written by Colin Smith called Five Reasons We Should Love the Genealogies of the Bible. Now, I don't know whether you will love this chapter or not, but let me remind you of what Smith said. He said that we should love genealogies, first of all, because biblical genealogies show that God cares about history. Genealogies document actual history and illustrate that the Bible is historically rooted. And I think that's important. He says, secondly, we should love genealogies because biblical genealogies show that God interacts with real people. This means that each person that we see mentioned in Scripture is a living, breathing human being, just like us. Biblical characters like Adam, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Jesus all lived on the earth and breathed the same air that we breathe today. Thirdly, Smith says that we should love genealogies because biblical genealogies show that God can use imperfect people for his purposes. And we've commented on this many times. The gospel is a story told inside human stories with all the warts, failures, and frustrations left unedited. That's very important. Very helpful for us to see that. Fourthly, Smith says that we should love genealogies because biblical genealogies show that God cares about families. God doesn't work with people in general. He works with families in specific. That's one of the major themes in the book of Genesis. And then lastly, Smith says that we should love genealogies because the genealogy of Jesus means that God understands our situation. Jesus entered into a real human story, this human story. So it's worth reminding ourselves of the details. With all of that being said, hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. These are the generations of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the Canaanites, Ada, the daughter of Elon, the Hittite, Oholibama, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zeboin, the Hivite, and Basemath, Ishmael's daughter, the sister of Nebaioth. And Ada bore to Esau Eliphaz, Basemath bore Reuel, and Oholibama bore Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Then Esau took his wives, his daughters, his sons, and all the members of his household, his livestock, all his beasts, and all his property that he had acquired in the land of Canaan. 
He went into a land away from his brother Jacob, for their possessions were too great for them to dwell together. The land of their sojournings could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. Esau is Edom. It looks here like Esau has now reconciled himself to the fact that the promise and purpose of God would run through brother Jacob. He removes himself from Canaan and settles in Seir, or what became known as Edom. He moves out expressly to leave room for Jacob. Notice that they were both increasing. God is blessing Esau too, but in a different way and now in a different place. So Esau settled in the hill country of Seir. Verse 9 says, These are the generations of Esau, the father of the Edomites, in the hill country of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Eliphaz, the son of Ada, the wife of Esau. Reuel, the son of Basemath, the wife of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz were Teman, Omar, Zepho, Gatim, and Kenaz. Timnah was a concubine of Eliphaz, Esau's son. She bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These are the sons of Ada, Esau's wife. Now, interestingly, in verse 11, we read of an Eliphaz who had a son named Teman. That's one of the main reasons, actually, that many scholars have for believing that the story of Job likely took place in the land of Edom around the time of Joseph. In the story of Job, one of the main characters is called Eliphaz the Temanite, meaning he was probably a great-grandson of Esau. Again, there are all kinds of interesting little details and hidden gems in these generally less exciting genealogies. Verse 13 says, These are the sons of Reuel, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Oholibamah, the daughter of Anna, the daughter of Zibuin, Esau's wife. She bore to Esau, Jeush, Jalem, and Korah. By the way, if you never read genealogies, you would never get to say a name like Oholibamah. Verse 15, These are the chiefs of the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliphaz, the firstborn of Esau. The chiefs, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gadam, and Amalek. These are the chiefs of Eliphaz and the land of Edom. These are the sons of Ada. These are the sons of Reuel, Esau's sons. The chiefs, Nahath, Zerah, Shema, and Mizah. These are the chiefs of Reuel in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Basemath, Esau's wife. These are the sons of O Holy Bama, Esau's wife. The chiefs, Jeush, Jalam, Korah, these are the chiefs born of Oholibama, the daughter of Ana, Esau's wife. These are the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land. Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishon, these are the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Heman, and Lotan's sister was Timnah. These are the sons of Shobal, Alvin, Manahath, Abel, Shepho, and Onam. These are the sons of Zibion, Aon, Anna. He is the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness as he pastured the donkeys of Zibion, his father. These are the children of Anna, Dishon, and Oholibama, the daughter of Anna. 
These are the sons of Dishon, Hamdan, Ishban, Ithran, and Kiran. These are the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Achan. These are the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aaron. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the chiefs Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Ana, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, chiefs by chief in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, the son of Beor, reigned in Edom, the name of his city being Dinhaba. Bela died, and Zobab, the son of Zerah of Basra, reigned in his place. Jobab died, and Husham of the land of the Temanites reigned in his place. Husham died, and Hadad, the son of Bedad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, reigned in his place, the name of his city being Avith. Hadad died, and Samlai of Masrika reigned in his place. Samla died, and Shal of Rehoboth on the Euphrates reigned in his place. Shal died, and Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, reigned in his place. Baal Hanan, the son of Akbor, died, and Hadar reigned in his place, the name of his city being Pa, his wife's name Mehetabel, the daughter of Matrid, daughter of Mezahab. Now, it's interesting to note here that none of these kings appears to be the son of the king that came before him. From that, scholars wonder whether these early kings were elected or whether they emerged through some sort of demonstrated skill and bravery in the field of battle. We don't know, but it's just interesting to note that not everybody in the region did kingship the same way. Verse 40 says, These are the names of the chiefs of Esau, according to their clans and their dwelling places by their names. The chiefs, Timnah, Alveh, Jathoth, O Holy Bama, Elah, Penon, Kenaz, Teman, Mibzar, Magdiel, and Iram. These are the chiefs of Edom, that is Esau, the father of Edom, according to their dwelling places in the land of their possession. Derek Kidner says about this chapter, After the usual pattern in Genesis, where a new stage of the story is to be introduced, the record of the collateral branch of the family is first completed, before the main thread of events is picked up again. This chapter clears the ground for the final section of the book. And the final section of this book deals with the story of Joseph. We'll turn our attention to that story tomorrow in our next episode of Into the Word. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting one of our preferred mission partners. For the remainder of this year, we are highlighting the church planting ministry Mile One in St. John's, Newfoundland. Newfoundland is classified as an unreached population, with less than 2% of people identifying as evangelicals. Mile One Ministries is committed to helping healthy churches plant other Bible-believing, gospel-preaching churches. Here at End of the Word, I only promote ministries that I have firsthand on-the-ground experience with. Mile One is bearing fruit and is being led and stewarded by people that I know and trust. If you'd like to make a contribution to this important ministry, you can do that by visiting the Into the Word website at intotheword.ca. 
There are giving options there under the Give tab for both Canadian and American listeners. International listeners are welcome to give as well, though their gifts may not qualify for charitable receipts in their nation. Thank you for considering this method of showing your support for the End of the Word program. And may God alone be glorified. Your word is a lamp unto my feet. 